The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. In this podcast, Fred Zanke makes it clear that he practices Kwanzaa. We celebrate the minting of a closer in Chicago and a whole lot more coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with the man that is higher on Stephen Kwan than anybody else in the fantasy baseball industry. He is Fred Zinke. Fred, what's going on? Well, other than watching uh, Stephen Kwan get on base over and over again, uh, not much else. I, I watch actually. I, I as we're recording, my Blue Jays are playing the Yankees, who gifted the Blue Jays an out at the end of the first inning. By and this was I thought was really nice of them. Maybe it's Josh Donaldson doing a favor for his old oh. team, but he he stopped at third base completely. I saw let this. the Blue Jays gather the ball and then started running home so that they could easily get him out of home plate. I thought it was really nice of him. Yeah, it was. You know, it, it, it's funny because it's like. Everyone, you're gonna love the way Josh Donaldson plays. You may hate him as a person, but you love him as a teammate until he does that sort of sort of type of thing. <laughs> I think that play. was a bit of a third base coach mix up. It could have been. Really yeah. on, on Donaldson. Well, my Reds had their their own base running foibles. Kyle Farmer was uh, was trying to steal a base, kept his head down, can of corn fly ball to left field, <laughs> got slid in the bag didn't realize until too late that he was there's a fly ball and got beat back to the bag on a routine fly ball so the reds were supposed to be done with that because jesse winker was one of the biggest practitioners of two plans last year the reds had a lot of them last year castellanos was another usually there are errors of aggression this was just an error period and that that's frustrating to see head down is one thing but i guess he didn't uh he didn't hear hear the ball <laughs> hear the ball get hit so to realize like I guess he was so focused on stealing that base, he didn't hear the crack of the bat. Yeah. To think uh, that, hey, oh, what, wait, what's that sound? Oh, all the noise in, in Cincinnati. I've heard that sound before. <laughs> with the excitement in Cincinnati, there it just drowned out all the sound mm. of the com- ball coming off the bat. Or it yeah. was such lo- quiet contact. I don't know. I'm trying to find some sort of reason that was really bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I even quiet, even even fly balls, like you can hear them pretty well if you're sitting down near the field on a game. Yeah, I, I doubt the crowd was drowning it out either. Yeah, uh, not. I don't know. Did you see the? I'm sure you probably saw it on Twitter. The inter, the interview with Phil Castellini, who's like the son of the owner, uh, and they're asking him about you know what what's going on with the team right now. And his, his comment was, "Well, where else are they going to go?" And you know, <laughs> a, 
And oh. unless we pick up and move this team to another market, we, we can't do anything better or something like that. It was just, it was really bad. Uh, really awful showing. It's like the A's and the Reds are having this contest to, to, and who, who can antagonize their fan base a little bit more. Uh, and they each, each keep on winning. It's really ugly. But uh, anyhow, I, this isn't going to be a Reds wine cast. It, I no. promise it's not. It might be a little bit, but I just did a little bit. But uh, we are here to celebrate Stephen Kwan. Uh, who you have uh, have argued that you are higher than anybody else in the industry on him. Okay, that's a bold statement, but I got to think... You're a bold I, man. <laughs> I do think I'm up near the top of people in the industry on him. Um, I was annoyed about our labor league, for anyone listening who's in that league other than you, Jeff, but I put in a healthy $18 out of 100 bid on Sunday. And mm-hmm. as we've discussed, and I know people who listen loyally know there's no $0 bids in that league. So 18 out of your hundred dollars, a big deal because you can't run out of money at the end of the season. I thought for sure there would be other bids in the double digit range. I was debating like 16, 17. I was like, forget it. I want this guy. I'll go 18. If someone goes, you know, 20, they can have them. But um, four was the runner up bid. Only five other people bid on them. The other bids were three, four, oh, sorry, five other people, three, four, one, 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 two. So what that means is like half the league did bid on him. So it's not like people didn't notice he was available, but that half of the league, like didn't think he was, I guess, didn't think he was going to be, he, he can keep this going, I guess. Fred, I, I've got Jake Fraley in my lineup. Why would I need Stephen Kwan? <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. Um, I, I'm embarrassed to say I was a little bit of the uh, falling asleep on the switch sort of thing here a little bit that with that one there with missing Quan. I, although I'll, I'll explain how I, I wouldn't have bid nearly that much. Anyhow, my perspective is that, you know, in, at least going into the, like the, you know, he had the five hit day on Sunday, but mm-hmm. like, Ooh, and all that. He's not a power hitter at all. He doesn't steal bases. He tried to today, got caught by the way. Uh, so you're looking at a guy that is an average guy who, you know, he's going to help you in average and runs. He's probably not going to help you too much in RBI. Of course, he had a bases loaded double the other day or triple. I forget which it was yesterday, but uh, to just make me an idiot as far as that goes. But I feel like he's at most a three-category player, and he's really a two-category player. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you why, what I like about Stephen Kwan. And you and I, so here's where I'm at actually on him. This is so I actually, um, you know, you mentioned to me, you know, before we recorded this, that your, your kids had soccer on Sunday and that kind of left you a little cramped for time uh, mm-hmm. on your bidding. Yeah, I had a uh, soccer tournament this weekend. Yeah, um, I see. Which, yeah. yeah, I was so I took my son to the Blue Jays game, which that on Sunday afternoon, the only one they've lost so far this season, mind you, is the one that I happen to go to. It also so it's your fault. Long- it also took a long time. Thanks, Hanjin Ryu. It's on the 12-6 loss. It took a while. Anyways, by the time we got home and then I had dinner, I didn't have quite as long. I, I For my Tout Wars bids, I was not as aggressive on Quan. Everyone was talking about Josh Lowe uh, after 10 o'clock when I sat down to write closing time for a Yahoo article. Um, I ran my numbers on Quan and I ran my numbers on Lowe. And, and you, like, you work with SGPs too, so... So this will all make perfect sense to you. And and I, and you know, the same as I do, how SGPs can jump up and down wildly, depending on how optimistic or pessimistic you want to be on a player. But so here are my thoughts on Quan. So his strikeout rate in the minors is outstanding. 
Like, mm-hmm. like he, he should hit for average in the majors. So if he can maintain, he doesn't even have to maintain the strikeout rate he had in the minors. He could maintain, he could double it and he would still, should still hit for average in the majors. So I'm going to say, forget the fact that he had whatever, five hits on Sunday. Let's just say that Stephen Kwan can be a 280 hitter. I think that's like reasonable with his high level of contact skills. I see from him contact skills in that like Jeff McNeil, Michael Brantley type, you know, those guys who don't strike out a lot. I think he can be a 280 hitter. So, and if he keeps hitting 280, he should stay hitting second, I think, for the Guardians, right? Like, he hits yeah. second every day now. If he keeps hitting 280, he draws walks. There's no reason to move him. So if he stays hitting second, he'll get a lot of plate appearances this year. Now, last year in the minors, he got 12 homers in 77 games. So if he could get 12 homers in 77 games in the minors, what do you think he could get if he plays, let's say, 145 games? Because there's no real reason for the Guardians to rest him. Like, he's young. Like, he could, he could rest the odd day. But he without an IL stand, he could play 145, 150 games this year. Uh, they're, like, they don't have a lot of competition. It's not like they have studs all over their bench or something. So what do you think if he could hit 12 and 77 games in the minors last year? What do you think he could hit in 145 major league games? Could he hit 9 12? to 10. 9 to Just, 10. Okay. But, okay. yes, yeah, although I'm looking at my projection right now, and yeah. I'm going to have to upgrade him. I'm going to have to give him more playing time. Clearly, yeah. uh, because at this point he's playing every day instead of a half a season. I've got him more at like around eight, like 352 plate appearances. I need to get that up over 500. So, yeah, maybe 10 to 12. Yeah. So, so I said 12 when I ran my numbers because I thought if he could do it in 77 games in the minors, I know the majors is harder, but give him 60 more games. Sorry, 70 more games, mm-hmm. like almost double the games. He could probably repeat the 12 homers. He's also young and at an age when players tend to improve, like improve, kind of fill out, get stronger. And he's at that age where at 24, where you can get stronger in an off season. So I said 12, I don't think 15 is out of the question if he plays every day, but something like that. Um, And then steals. So last year he stole six in 77 games. The year before he stole 11, not with a great success rate, but he stole 11 in 123. So if he could steal six in the minors in 77 games, He's hitting second for for the Guardians. I got to think he could steal. Can he steal six in the majors? But could he just do what he did in the minors last year in seventy seven games? Could he just do that in the majors, twelve and six? Uh, yeah, he could. I, I think that stolen bases don't translate entirely like that. Right. right. Um, I think it takes a lot, a little longer to read a pitcher, for instance. But I, I, I think that you know, I, I. I've, when I do my projections, sometimes I struggle to find the major league equivalents on stolen bases because, uh, you know, translate minor league stole, steals to major league stolen bases. And it just doesn't quite work out the same way that I'd like. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you're I think you're persuading me as we're talking that I was a little ungenerous with his projection. I, I felt like people I was hearing people yesterday say he has no power and he has like no speed. And I was like, well, he doesn't have no power and no speed. He He's not have- madrigal. He's not Nick Madden. Right, right. That's how I kind of felt. He's like, okay, so he has below average power. And in, in this major league environment, he might actually have average speed. If he can steal six or seven bases, that's not average, but pretty close, like what we're getting now. So now, okay, so, he, so he's not a big, big, but but neither is Michael Brantley, for example. Like Michael Brantley, you're expecting less than 20 homers probably nowadays and basically no steals. So comparing him to Michael Brantley, like he could probably combine homers and steals, get about maybe 20 ish, mm-hmm. something like that. I put him in for 20. So I put him in on my SGPs for 13 and seven. So basically what he did last year in the minors, 
Um, I gave him one more of each, but, but that's, so it's 20 combined. And he's one of those guys who kind of chips away. Now, if he hits second all season and he plays pretty much every day and he's a good on base guy hitting in front of Jose Ramirez, hitting in front of Fran Mel Reyes, can he score 80 runs? That's pretty reasonable. He probably score 90, but is 80 is probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, I did an upgraded projection for him. Uh, yeah. so this is like breaking news as it happens, basically. Um, and that, that Reds game is over. The guardians Reds game is now over. I gave him 75 and 45, 75 runs, 45 RBI. What do you think? Okay. So that? I was, so I gave him 80 and then I think, any, I, I feel like kind of anyone who hits second, I, I, so I should say, so I would, my, I was going to say anyone who hits second in an American league lineup, although now this year it doesn't matter. Um, but traditionally anyone who hits second in a lineup that doesn't have the pitcher batting ninth, I think you can, I think they all drive in 60 plus runs, 60, 65 runs. I think that's even on the low end. Like I think low, okay. like I think you have to have like absolutely like Nick Madrigal level power to not drive in 60 runs. If you hit second and play every day on a lineup where the, with, you know, we you know what I mean with no pitcher. Right. And, and I might be a little light on both, too, for that matter. Uh, this is my kind of my caution, general caution, because he is at some point theoretically going to run into a slump. And we'll see what happens with yes. him batting second all the time, too. It may not always bat second, uh, but sitting in front of Jose Ramirez, that's a pretty sweet spot. If he gets that all season long, I mean, he could score 100 runs. He could score 110, yeah. for that matter. Yeah, so the high end on him is the high end on him would be that yeah that he he hits 280 with a good walk rate like a 350 on base three or something in front of Jose Ramirez plays every day scores 100 runs drives in 65 or 70 that's the high end um I tried to kind of split the difference on that it is a really good example of like like I could have gotten pessimistic on him and said well he probably won't stay hitting second so I'm going to really lower the plate appearances and he and then that would drive everything else down what if he gets put down to the bottom of the lineup um but I, I feel like just with his low strikeout rate, a line drive stroke, I feel like he could hit second all season. Anyways, I put in what I felt was reasonable, kind of 80 runs, 62, I think I put in RVIs. And he came out surprisingly high. So I, I'll give you a good comp. He came out in the Alex Verdugo range. Not that's kind of that's, uh, that's an interesting who, comp yeah. uh, because that's another guy that has not zero power, but not a lot of power. Right. Not zero speed, but not a lot of speed. Um, right. I like it. I like going that. Into the, so going the into Cleveland, the season. Cleveland lineup versus the Boston lineup, not the same, but still. No. Yep. I, in, in draft season, I had Verdugo at 15 homers and six steals. So pretty similar to what I have, Quan. 80 runs, 66 RBIs, 286 batting average. Quan came in right around there. Where was Alex Verdugo going in draft season in 15 team leagues? I'd say about round 11, 12, something like that. He was someone who didn't really jump around. He, I think he kind of sat in that round 11, 12 type range. I, I've, I've put my ADP list away kind of <laughs> thankfully for a while, but, right, right. Um, but I think he, he was kind of in there. So when I saw a chance to get someone who, and, and again, that was without me, without me like going crazy on quantum projections, but like kind of being, re I felt like a little reasonable, maybe a little optimistic. So anyways, at that point, I felt like he was worth a pretty good bid because he came out as like way, way above replacement level. Um, Yuli Guriel is another example, like a little less speed from Guriel, but he has, Guriel doesn't have much power, but hits for a really nice batting average. Um, yeah, he came out around a lot of these guys, Jonathan Scope. 
has a little more power, a little less speed than him, but is also kind of a bit of a batting average helper. There's a lot of these guys who kind of were in the rounds like 10 to 15, 11 to 15. And if you could grab an 11 to 15th round guy off waivers, that should be worth a fair amount in a 15 team be. league. Yeah. So you have Quan. You presumably have a little bit of depth. You got Jorge Soler on your bench for crying out yeah. loud. Yeah. How are you doing on closers? You got Iglesias. And, and that's it. Thank you to the Braves for signing Kenley Jansen and ruining my Will Smith. So I, I'm sensing an early trade opportunity. Because our next guy on our list of things to talk about is David Robertson, who picked up his second save of the year today for the Cubs. Um, gives me, well, we'll see if I have three closers or not, because we haven't seen the Cardinals really have too many chances to close out games. Their, their wins haven't been close. I have Classe, I have Gallegos, I have Robertson. I, I have a weaker lineup. Um, I have Robertson on my bench this week. That was a mistake. In fact, I'm making all the mistakes this week, Fred. I had Connor Joe. <laughs> oh, you on have my Connor Joe on your bench. Oh no. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Jake Fraley at home. Ugh. And I had Robertson on my bench because he has four games in Colorado, and I'm just making mistakes left and right here. Luis Patino made it through two thirds of an inning. Now he's on the IL. Wow. So I, I, I'm I'm hurting right now. But uh, perhaps we can work something out. I don't know. I I, I could fill a, di- a couple of different offensive spots. Uh, Jonathan VR has three plate appearances so far this season going into today. You know, I could find a way to, if, if we can find a way, maybe do a closer for a hitter. Maybe a, there may be an avenue for us to discuss. Now, this is the part where you bring up that we did a closer for a hitter trade last year, a little bit later than uh, this. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to because it's a different year and it's not necessarily one hit. Past results do not, uh, you know, repeat necessarily, but uh, I just, you know, I happen to have three closers. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see you about have, the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. You have you have a good closer who hasn't had a save yet, but Class A will be fine. You've got a really good pitcher who should get some saves. Hopefully, we don't know in Gallegos, and then you also got, doesn't have a save. Yes, yes. And you've got, but they and they have no saves, I believe. Correct. I don't think that yeah. the Cardinals have had a save yet. And then you got a guy with two saves who could be a could be your he could be a great closer this year in Robertson. I have a lot of Robertson this year. I, I jumped aboard that train. I was a little late to the party on Me that, too. but then I was all in on the party once I joined it. So I actually was able to get him in a few places. I think he's the Cubs closer right now. Full stop. Don't you? I do. Yeah. You know, second save today. Uh, not a bumpy save. I, if I recall correctly, I don't even remember how that game fleshed out, but uh, it's that's yeah, probably it was good. Two right? So Michael Michael Givens gave up a, a home run to Brian Reynolds in the eighth, also which actually helps your David Robertson yeah. shares. But then Givens settled down and kept the lead, and then Robertson came in and didn't strike anyone out, but didn't put anyone on base either. So that's all that really matters. Uh, Givens did get three strikeouts. Like Givens was good. He just gave up solo homer, but um, but I think it's status quo there now. Givens did his job in the eighth good enough um robertson did his job in the ninth yeah i mean that that that's a that's pretty pretty stylish there for me yeah and the other cubs win was a nine nothing game so we don't can't really learn anything from that Mm -hmm. uh so but yeah uh it's not it's definitely not rowan wick i think we can pretty be pretty clear about that and robertson's been good robertson's had two clean saves he's not getting uh, big strikeouts but you know what i'll take the 0.67 0.67 whip and zero ERA to start the season. That's pretty good. Yep. I, I think he's their. Maybe I'm getting carried away, but I think he's their closer. Like he, he could pitch his way out of the role. Obviously he hasn't pitched much the last few years, mm-hmm. but I think he's their closer. And I think they, they'd like him to 
like just settle settle this down and just take the job. And Givens in the eighth inning makes a lot of sense. Givens and Wick kind of setting up for him makes a lot of sense. Yep. So I so but you would still not that we're getting deep into trade talks here, but you would still trade him before Gallegos, right? Or would you rather have Robertson? That's actually an interesting. Just it's a fair talk. question. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, maybe well, uh, but I mean, maybe uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll I really think on don't know. This one. Yeah, I'll that's ed- interesting because at first I was like, well, I'd rather have Gallegos, and then I thought, well, I I don't know. I need saves. Am I getting saves from Gallegos? Yeah, well, I don't know. If you want to get the next cup save chance, right? I mean, and I don't for the sake of the podcast, we should at least get this done on the on the, during the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but you know, come on, think about the listener. It's for the listener, not it's for, for listener. your team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't try to sell, sell you a bill, a bill of goods because, really, honestly, I want you to get saves. I want you to be able to make a trade with me and feel like you can make fair trades with me. Oh, that um, sounds like a really good sales pitch, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the fact is, you you are not. One to shy from trade, so I'm not really worried about that. No, that's true. But yeah. uh, I'm going to offer a fair deal. So let's wait to the end of the week, and okay. we'll see uh, what our needs are. I mean, by Sounds then, good. I'd have three more guys with the bleak polls, so we'll see. Uh, that could that could be the case there. Uh, let's. There were some other closer situations that got a little flushing out. Uh, yesterday, we saw Texas, where Matt Bush pitched the seventh inning, uh, and then Joe Barlow pitched in the tie game of a, in the ninth inning and gave up a solo homer. Then struck out the side. Then, you know, then saw, turned around and we saw that uh, Daniel Bard blew the save. All in all, Greg Holland to me seems like the guy. I don't think Holland was great shakes himself yesterday, but, you know, I I think he gets the next save chance, is my guess. I I guess. I don't know. I wondered if Holland kind of pitched his way out of getting the next save chance last night. Well, like keep in mind up. they had the runner on for on second base. This yeah, time. that's true. That's true. He gave up that runner plus one other runner. It's true. He gave up two hits. He got one, which was a home. He gave up a homer. Yeah, up, I mean, they, none of the out. yeah none of the candidates really covered themselves in glory. That's the thing. Barlow at least had the K's. You like seeing the K's. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't done. Uh, Bush's run that allowed was unearned. Uh, yep. Brett Martin, you know, officially got charged with the blown save. On the eighth inning, Spencer Patton had to come in to bail him out. Maybe Patton's still part of the mix after all. Who knows? You could have one of these Texas relievers. They're all sitting on your waiver wire. You can pick up one of them, and you have to hold them for the rest of the season. Which oh. one would you pick up? That's a mean question. Just it's like a draft and hold or something, let's say. Barlow. Drafting right now in a draft and hold, and you have to draft one of them. Barlow. Yeah, I think it's here. a long season. Me too. Same. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not like... Oh yes, I'm targeting this. Um, don't don't drop Joe Barlow is what I'm, I'm basically saying. If you have him, you you're stuck with writing this out for now. Yeah, wait, just keep writing for a while. Yeah, I'm not there on. I'm not really there on Holland. Matt Bush is also he could be fine. Not that this really matters that much for closers, but he's deceivingly old. I looked up his age. Do you want to take a guess? On who Matt Bush? Yeah, it's like thirty five. He's 36. I did not realize yeah. he was that old. Well, they, they mentioned guessed, it on the broadcast yesterday. I would have guessed like 31 or something like that. And I know his whole history and everything, but I still didn't realize he was as old as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just don't feel, <laughs> I just don't think I'm speculating on a 36 year old possible closer. So I, I still, why not? They're just closers. I mean, it's not like they're, you're, you're going long-term here. In fact, sometimes the age is a plus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I should. That's what I said. I'm not going to hold it against him too much. Who's a starter? I'd hold it against him more. Um, 
I, I still would take Barlow. I wouldn't drop Barlow. All and right. I don't know if I'm rushing out to pick up Holland. I'd have to be pretty desperate for saves, which apparently I am in labor. Maybe Holland's still sitting on waivers. Forget all a, these trades. I'll just pick him up. Uh, Brad Johnson has entered the chat, says uh, Garrett Richards is his his suggestion. Okay. Uh, now, he's on a rehab assignment right now, so we don't know for sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. hey, failed starters close all the time. Mm-hmm. Could, could happen. Very easily could happen there. But, uh I don't know. We did get definition in in Baltimore. Jorge Lopez did get the save. Yep. Uh, got through it. He has walked three batters in an inning and two thirds so far this season. So, yeah, he's got the say. He's got the saves right now. Whatever Orioles saves do exist this year, I just can't escape the feeling that this is like just like the last two or three years of Orioles goose chase saves. Um, you might get a guy for t- a, a week or two or even a month. But ultimately, they're going to go through such a long stretch where they don't get any save chances and they're mediocre pitchers to begin with. They're not helping you if they're not getting any saves. I think sometimes the best policy, Colorado and Baltimore, just just go like this. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, every league has its depth. Um, mm-hmm. I had some Cole Salser before he was traded. I had some Cole Salser in draft and holds, mm-hmm. like beyond round 30, um, thinking that I thought at the time he was the best pitcher in the bullpen. So that maybe he would emerge at some point, but man, like there is, I haven't seen a team in a long time facing an uphill battle. Like the Orioles are, I guess they did last year too, but this season, like when you look at how bad Baltimore is and how good the blue Jays Rays, red Sox and Yankees all are. Yeah. That is an, uh, that is a recipe for finishing last in the majors this year. Well, and, and to see that they're just not trying, I mean, their front yeah. office is doing what they can, but their ownership level is not trying. And to see, to, to add a little bit of uh, salt to the wound, you see that they got like this $1.2 billion grant uh, to develop the area around Camden yards. And I don't yeah. know if it's to refurbish and all that. How, why, <laughs> how does that happen in today? You know, in today's economy, it's just, it's amazing to me. It would not happen in Canada. I can tell you that. Sometimes I see these stories and I'm, yeah, my mind's blown. Uh, so, I just, I don't get it. I just yeah. don't get it. Uh, back to Lopez. I can see, like, I guess any port in a storm, like, a, like if you want to pick up, a, if you need saves that bad that we're talking about Greg Holland or Lopez, I guess, when you break Lopez, and maybe Lopez is better this year, but we're talking mm-hmm. about someone. So his career ERA is 601. He's 29. His career ERA is 601. It was over six yeah. last year. Yep. His career whips 155. Um, Where can I get more year, of this? Last yeah. year he had 14 losses. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't, and he's on the and he's on arguably the worst team in baseball, especially like with me, with me projecting records. He's on a team that maybe is the favorite to finish last in the majors. And I know that there's the whole like, hey, a team doesn't have to be really good to give you a solid closer. And but we know by now that that's that's true to a point, like. 100 lost teams don't usually give you closers who can help you very much. So, yeah. and we saw with the Salser trade that if Lopez has any stretch of effectiveness, he's probably out of there by the summer. Probably. Yeah. I hope that the Orioles are building just like this killer farm system, just for the sake of like their front office people and their scouts and the players mm-hmm. that are on the yep. team and, and, and the, the fan base that remains committed to them. Uh, it's been spit on, uh, on for such a long time. Yep. Uh, I hope that, you know, cause I mean, the Rays have shown it can be done. Uh, you know, the Jays, for that matter, had a plan and turned around. Now, they didn't have the long walk in the wilderness. They didn't, they weren't like fully non competitive like the Orioles are. Uh, but, 
you can rebuild. You can do it. Just you, you can't just be defeatist and say, oh, well, we'll never win in this division, uh, especially in the expanded playoffs. You, you got to try. Uh, and I don't know. I think it I think it should have ultimately work out that you can do that. But you just you have to be committed all the way through. So we'll see. Uh, before we move on, uh, we got to do a take care of a little business here first uh, and talk about our friends from WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Do you want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding, at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcasts. I'm Jeff. He's Fred. Let's keep talking about the news of the day. Early returns we're doing. That's what we're focusing on. Let's talk a little twins. Uh, Juwan Duran, uh, I think we got it right there. Followed Clay Link's Twitter feed if you want to hear him pronounce his own name. He looks awesome. You know, shut you know, big shutdown inning last night. He throws over 100 miles an hour. He's healthy. Came back from a major injury. He's kind of one of those good, like, K-Rod type stories, I feel like. Except not that this is at the beginning of the season, not the end of the season. Yeah, go pick him up. You know, are, are you are you going? Are you trying to get, be aggressive and go after him anywhere? I haven't, but I, I, I I'm start like I'm starting to think about it. I've that bullpen's still unsettled. Um, Jorge yeah. Alcala went on the IL today. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Alcala went on the IL today. So, are you looking on friends and family right now to see if he's available? Is that what you're doing? I am. I am not. I should. That's that would be my typical. That would be I my am. Typical. I am now. But I bet is he available. Gone. I bet she's gone. I'm. I'm. I'm slowly traversing over to that page. But uh, yeah, Canadian internet might be faster than American internet. We'll see. Uh, but uh, I bet she's already grabbed this league. It's it's pretty sharp. Yep. DJ Shorts already grabbed him. I knew better than to look, but I had to anyhow. Uh, so, go ahead. So what I was going to say is in that league, I actually have Tyler Duffy and I have Emilio Pagan. So I'm going with maybe they just don't use Duran yet as a closer. Um, okay. But just right. Like just, they go with veterans as a closer. I'll call us on the IL. So that thins out one of the competitors, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can make a good case that Duran could be already the best pitcher in their bullpen. It's just whether they're willing to go with someone so inexperienced in the ninth inning. Let's keep talking twins. Byron Bucks, and you mentioned, is it too early for uh, Twitter victory laps? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, always too early. It could be October 1st and it'd be too early for a victory lap. But um, it's four games. He, We know the talent's there. The, the doubt on him isn't talent. Yeah. It's, the, it's, being, it's being able to get through the grind of a season. These four days aren't going to answer that. Yeah, I mean, we could have done the same thing last year at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he went, so I, I did a a super uh, NFBC league draft last Wednesday because we did the live um, podcast during the friends and family on Tuesday. Then right. The next night I did my last draft season, which was my biggest one, the super. He went in the second round, early in the second round Bold. in that draft, which I felt was really aggressive. But we do know that if he plays 145 games, he could meet 
that price. Um, but we just won't know. He's the ultimate. I, I, I say, I'll say that all the time early in the season on whether it was Steven Strasburg back during his kind of prime years, or I'll still yeah. say that sometimes about John Carlos Stanton or Aaron judge um, guys who have like lengthy injury histories is that like the, like you, you, the, the reason you don't draft them, it's not that you don't think they can play well in April. It's just, just that you don't think you'll get the volume of playing time out of them. And Buxton's just kind of the poster child for that right now. If Buxton plays all season, he's going to be, from the people who got him in the fifth round, the sixth round, he's going to be one of the best picks that, that, there, that there was in 2022. But we just we won't know for months. Yeah. still I'll be wondering all season long whether I made a huge mistake in not getting him in uh, the main event when I could have taken him at pick 58, which was well below ADP. That's the only Who did time you I'm take? Used. I took Will Smith, the catcher, instead. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I was fixated on that. And I'll, I'll be honest. I had blinders on. I didn't even realize until Toby took him that Buxton was available. Oh, I mean, I could see it on my draft tool. Sure. But I, I wasn't even thinking about him as an option for that pick. I was entirely thinking, like, okay, I'm going to get Will Smith here. Um, or, or, and I think Real, Real Muto had already gone. I would just I wanted the catcher. wanted to build that way. And I knew I needed to get an ace in the fifth round. And I wanted to get – well, the, the best available starting pitcher for me, which which for me was Joe Musgrove at the time. Uh, and that did, that part worked out. I got what I wanted. I got Musgrove and I got Manoa on the way back. And whew, Alec Manoa looked really good. Yeah. Very happy with what I got from him so far. Yeah. He got bailed out in the one inning where he walked the bases loaded. Yes. Bichette made a really nice play to bail him yep. out. And that, if that didn't go well, he could have given up a few runs, but, but whatever, like the Jays have played good defense overall. He has some good defensive players on that team. So yeah. Anyways, I thought, yeah, I thought I watched that whole game start last night, his start, start to finish. And mm-hmm. I thought he looked good back to Buxton for a minute. Did you, so do you think that was an example of like having a draft plan and then the draft, having a draft plan causing you to kind of have, blinders on like or do you or do you think that like you know what i mean where you were like hey will smith's my round four target so then you kind of don't think enough about buxton or do you think even if you had had two hours to think about it you still would have taken will smith Hmm, i think that's a good question and i think i might have answered it different i think with more time i might have gone the other way um i'm gonna have some serious yeah i i usually don't pay up for buxton I, ha- I did last year in my AL home league, which was probably the worst league to do so because replacement level is so low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if I'd done it in a 12-team mixed league, that would have been the ideal time to take a chance, right? Uh, you know, but I think if I had more time, I would have seen, you know, th- there was fewer. And I was chasing speed the rest of the draft. So he would have been, been a nice fit for my team, too. Yeah, absolutely. The reason I ask is that I think some of the – some really, really good fantasy players – will have like very firm we'll talk about how they have very firm plans and have narrowed the player pool down to very few players when they draft i've never gone that route i've i've got my projections and then my sgps and my rankings of everyone and some drafts i end up taking someone who i never envisioned taking because they fall and i didn't think that you know based on adp i didn't think that person would be there based on but based on my projections when it's my turn to pick the highest ranked person left on my list so I go with them. And, you know, maybe I was thinking round four, I'm going to get Real Muto or Will Smith. But then when round four comes, oh, my gosh, Trevor Story's still there. How did he fall this far? And then I mm-hmm. I just deviate from what I expected to happen. Oh, I, I do that, too. too. I don't get too specific on the plans. But no, I know you don't. But I do know that some of the really good players out there, I, I feel like, have talked about how they do get very specific on the plans. And if someone falls but isn't part of the plan, 
they don't deviate from the plan. I've, I've never really been there. Like, for example, this draft season, I often thought anytime I think I can get a third baseman in the draft, basically at value, I'm going to take them. You know, like where yeah. a third baseman's even anywhere in the top three or so on my remaining list, top four or five, I'm going to take them just to get third base filled. I often took Manny Machado maybe over someone who I had a couple spots ahead of him just to get third base filled. Um, but beyond just that, I never really... I never locked in too much on a plan, but I, like I said, I do know some people who do really, really well at playing fantasy do lock in on a plan. And if Buxton falls, but he's not part of the plan, they just let him pass and they don't seem to really care because that's not, that's not how they do it. And, and I, I respect I, that. I do too. Um, yeah. And I, I just think it depends on how strongly you feel about Buxton for that matter. Yeah. Too. yeah. Uh, I projected him for like 132 games. So I, I should have been more open-minded about taking him there. Especially when you consider I took uh, Liam Hendricks, who got a, a save, did give up a run today, uh, and Jordan Alvarez. So I'm getting no steals out of my second and third round picks. I probably should have been more cognizant of Buxton there. So we'll see. I mean, the team's doing all right. It's, it's off to a good start. But, you know, I'm going to need some breaks along the way. And I'm going to need Tatis to be a fast fast and full healer. Yeah, that, that is a good example of knowing your projections. Like you knew you knew when, when you came up to pick. Like you, you know, you have a, a, a projection for Buxton and, and a final number, but you know that that final number, you were a little conservative on it, yeah. right? Like on, right. on the games played. So that's something that's one of the advantages of doing your own projections is, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been, I've been there before, maybe like this year, I don't have a lot of shares of Stanton, but I was a little conservative on his games played just because he's got a, a decent injury history. And in one of my more important drafts, I forget which one off the top of my head, but one of my more important drafts, I ended up drafting him because when it came my time to pick, he was near the top of my list. And I knew that that projection was only at him playing like 130 games. Right. And I thought, well, there's a lot of growth in that projection actually. So I should go ahead and take him. But if I didn't do my own projections, I wouldn't know that that's where it came from. Yeah. We don't hear a whole lot of Pakoda mentioned in fantasy context anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh but one of the things Pakoda did that I thought was really good, and this is baseball project, uh, baseball prospectus's projection system, mm-hmm. uh, is they had a range of outcomes. You know, they had a 50th percentile, 75th yes. percentile. Yes. Um, and a guy like Stanton or Buxton, I mean, it really helps to have those range, you know, to know those ranges a little bit there mm-hmm. and know yep. what range you've got them projected at. I mean, and, you know, salt to taste, you know, um, it, you know, it, it's n- knowing how you how you want to play. Uh, it's really important to have that range. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go right back to the Quan discussion we had at the very beginning. I probably projected him before I did my labor bid at, oh, probably like an 80th percentile. I probably project mm-hmm. him around an 80th percentile. Like there's probably 20% on growth on that, but but I was well above 50. Yeah. 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 And that's good. And it's worked out yeah. for you so far. For yeah. Sure. And you have to be, but you definitely have to be aware of that when you're drafting and when you're making your fab claims of like who you were optimistic on and who you were pessimistic on. Yep. I a hundred percent agree on yeah. that one there. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about some of these, uh, uh, a couple other th- uh, players that uh, we observed today. You mentioned Garrett Whitlock was awesome. Got the win in relief, came in piggybacked off of Rich Hill. Uh, when he came in, they were down three, nothing. They, they won five, three, and he just shut down the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. And they've talked about him. This isn't, this is a plan, him piggybacking off Rich Hill. They -hmm. mentioned that prior to the season that he could piggyback off Rich Hill and probably also start 
or sorry, not start, but appear in one other game, probably, you know, every, every week or every trip through the rotation. Well, the four innings today, he's not appearing in any other games, but, right. um, but he could pick even an appearance in one other game if he throws like two innings or something like that. So yeah, he looks really good. I think there's a lot of potential for him to pick up vulture wins um, in the role that he's in. Maybe even pick up the odd three inning save where he comes in and then they just expand the lead and, but they just let him finish the game. He had a couple saves last year. So I think that's even possible. Uh, He went in our labor league. I think Zach Steinhorn for six and I think six was fair, but I think I was so interested in Quan that I didn't really look at spending much on anyone else. And right. saw Whitlock for six. I was like, oh, that's in a 15 team league. That sounds pretty good. I was, I kind of wish I had gotten in on that. Yeah. So here's the thing. You got four shutout innings out of Whitlock today. That might be all you get this week. Yep. Uh, two strikeouts. You got the wins and you got that's the great huge. ratio. So it, yeah. it's probably worth it. Uh, yeah. But it, it's going to be a little annoying that he's not going to pitch the rest of this week. Probably maybe he gets in on Sunday. Yeah. And then you, but the good thing is yes. And then you can kind of manage him. Like if he doesn't get in next week, you probably want him in, sorry, this week again, you probably want him in next week. Cause he could get in twice. Sure. If, if he does get in on Sunday, then maybe you sit him next week. Cause you think he's only going to come in once, but if mm-hmm. you figure it, this season, if he could average three to four, there's 26 weeks, if he can average three to four innings a week. And then, I mean, today he didn't have a great strikeout rate, but overall, if if he averages three and a half innings or so um, a week, he could probably average four, four and a half strikeouts a week. Yeah. So if he could do that and get you, if he could get you nine wins, that's. I love Whitlock. I think he's a great pitcher. In fact, I'm, you know, it's one of those like, oh, he was available sort of situations Mm -hmm. there because he's usually drafted and rostered in almost every league that I've been playing in. So the fact that he was actually available is. I know. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like that was a miss on my part. I had my eye a little bit on Daniel Bard, who I don't feel good about, but again, I needed saves in that league. Oh, did Um, you get Bard? I did not. Um, And I felt, I I only claimed one. So once I got Quan, it was all, that was all wrapped up in one claim. I was also interested in Kyle Wright, who went for, uh, he was, I wouldn't have got him anyways. I did put in a competitive bid, but I think he went for about 11. Um, I was interested in him too, but it's just, I felt like I wanted to hit her more, but if I had, I, I missed on Whitlock for sure. You know, if you get 70 runs out of Quan the rest of the way, 75 runs yeah. the rest of the way, you're probably, that's worth your 18 bucks. Uh, yep. you know, so it, it could still just be, it could be fine. Um, and, and, and in those 15 team leagues, like finding hitters on the waiver wire who play every day is, is not easy. Right. Like they just, right. Like you find platoon guys. Also, I found I, the one, the other thing, not to go all the way back to Quan, but finding guys who play every day and can actually help your batting average is, is hard to find. I find oh, yeah. a lot of the guys on, are on waivers for a reason. And that's, so they don't get on base that often. And, sure. and you, you're like, this guy's got a little power. Or this guy might steal base finding ones that actually could hit 280. Those aren't, they don't come along too often. No, no. Although it, Last year was kind of lucky. Uh, we, fa- I found some guys, and I think you did too. Like I found Schwindel on the waiver wire. I found yeah. uh, Susugo on the waiver wire. I found Joe Barlow on the waiver wire, uh, and Class A obviously was a big one. That's there. a huge one. Yeah, yeah. That you know, waiver wire wins championships sometimes, um, and, and oh, that's, that's in a mixed league. That's a fifteen team mixed league, so wasn't quite uh, the. You know, what wasn't quite the same level as like saying in an only or, you know, or even in the main event, but still 15 team uh, mixed league with the IL spots 
unlimited IL spots. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's unlimited. Maybe it's 10, but you know, no, I, it's unlimited. Yeah, It's unlimited. I think I came yeah. close to the 10 one year. Uh, I think that's maybe where I got that number in my head that I had 10 at <laughs> one point, uh, two years ago. I think that was the thing that was fun. But uh, anyways, it, it just shows that, you know, it's the season you know, in that league trading is a skill and the waiver wires equally important too. Uh, quick note before we move on from better edge, bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better edge is a social betting marketplace and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring back, we bring betting back to its social roots where you can like comment and challenge others all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's B E T T O R E D G E.com to sign up today. All right. Uh, Fred, there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. I have Luis Patino. I mentioned that. Uh, Taiwan Walker got hurt, has a shoulder issue. Uh, would you drop them? Uh, and if a no IL league, uh, what would you do? Say if you have him, not in our league because we have an IL spot, but what about, about another yeah. formats there? where you don't have like the NFBC uh, platform, would you drop them? NFBC, I think I keep Patino and drop Taiwan Walker. I think I'm definitely really? dropping Walker in a 12 team. In a 15, I think I'm probably dropping him too. I just feel like even when Taiwan Walker comes back, like he'll be okay and like streamable, but not really good. So I'd probably drop him and use the, the spot. But Patino, I think, has more potential. So I probably try to hold him unless I had run into some really bad luck with injuries. What do you think? I was thinking keeping Walker, but maybe I need to revisit that. I, I, I figure previously pretty good starting pitcher on a very good team. That, that was my mindset, but then again, it's a shoulder and that's a problem. He looked good too. He had four K's for two innings uh, on that one. And in the case of Walker, I'm talking about now mm -hmm. I, I would, I'm, looking towards dropping Patino. That was just my thing. I got to see how long they're projecting Walker to be out. I haven't seen that. So yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I looked at Walker like last year's ERA was 447. So not good. His whip was 118. That's, that's fine. Strikeout rate last year, 146 and 159 innings. So 8.3, like it's pretty like standard for like, it's not good for a starting pitcher right now. Uh, you're right that the Mets are a good team and that's a good place to pitch. So it would, it, I mean, it's obviously dependent on, you know, like how many other injuries you have and how much bench, bench space you have. So, so right? what I'm and, reading on Walker is it's bursitis. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, he's going to need a couple of rehab starts. It sounds like it doesn't sound like it's a really long-term thing, but then again, it's a thing that happened looking at the ERA he had a 118 whip and 116 the yep. year before yep. his left on base percentage was pretty low last year. Like it's like 69%. So yep. I think he was just kind of unlucky. Uh, least in terms of ERA, I don't know. I I think a pitcher in that ballpark, I, I yep. I'm gonna hold on to. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm selling him short a little too much. Again, again, I think it just depends. If I'm set at closer, so I don't need to drop him to grab like Greg Holland types, mm -hmm. right? Maybe if I needed saves, I might have to drop drop him to start streaming that spot. Or or if I had a bunch of other injuries, um, yeah. maybe I need to to drop him. You know, because he's probably going to miss if he needs a couple starts. If he's going to, if he's shut down for even a few days, like he's probably out for, I don't know, at least three weeks. Yeah. So my, yeah. my issue, I do have him in the main event though. Okay. Um, and I also have Tatis, what we talked about. 
Uh, that was my one stash. And then Josh Rojas got hurt before the start of the season. So that's two stashes. Mm-hmm. He had a third one there. Now it starts to get a little dicey. I'm waiting. Oh, and I have Michael Pineda. So I have another stash that was on. That one I, I thought would be relatively quick. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I'm running out of spots. If you're going to, if you want to pick up starting pitching, well, hey, something's got to give at some point there after that. So maybe Walker is the drop. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that I think that's the perfect description is you know by sunday there are going to be players in the main event who you're interested in if you need to drop one of say you're not dropping tatis so if you need to drop one of rojas or pineda or walker i i don't know i wouldn't really want to drop rojas although he's out a little longer i'd Mm -hmm. probably want to keep rojas i think i'd probably want to drop either pineda or yeah pineda or uh or walker yeah i mean it's hard to just keep all those guys and fortunately and Knock on all the wood that's available. I have a second closer in David Robertson because it doesn't look like I have it anymore in Jake McGee. Uh, you know all the, you know that's why you don't that's why you don't do a Twitter victory last folks um, because when when the manager says right now today he would be my closer it doesn't mean he would be in, in a week from now when he actually plays in a game and you see him in the eighth inning or seventh inning as the case may be. Um, yeah, that was a little just, frustrating for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I got what I deserved a little bit there. I was like, <laughs> "Hey, I got him! I got him at two thirteen. It was the earliest in that draft weekend." Good. You know, just be quiet. Just keep your head down. Don't go bragging <laughs> on something like that when you haven't gotten a single Karma. save out of it yet. Karma. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just yep. keep that head down next time, buddy. All right. Um, pitchers that pitched well yesterday: Nick Martinez, Michael Lorenzen, Dylan Bundy, Matt Manning. Uh, rank those four for me. Okay. Um... I'm interested. I'm intrigued by Michael Lorenzen. Um, I'm going to go Martinez. No, Lorenzen. I'm going to go Lorenzen, Martinez, Bundy, Manning. What do you think? I've got him in the exact same order. Uh, it's okay. funny. I was talking to Paul Spore on the show, and he's big on Lorenzen, t- uh, and he was the one that was talking about. Uh, and he, you know, and he definitely said he was not interested in Dylan Bundy, that this is just kind of a one-off like cold weather, little lucky start against Seattle that uh, don't, don't read too much into that one there. So I I've got him in those, that order too. I mean, embrace a little bit of the unknown, right? We kind of Bundy's velocity was down. So that's a, a reason not to be that excited about him. Uh, Manning didn't get the strikeouts against the Red Sox. He did get the good outing, uh, but I, I just don't trust uh, I need a lot more to see out of that before I get on the, aboard that bandwagon. So, I if if there are leagues where Lorenzen and Martinez are available, I am going to be interested in going after them for sure. Would you drop Taiwan Walker for one of them? Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I might if I need another start next week. Here's the thing about Lorenzen that's not great. Angels use that six man rotation. Yeah, you have to yeah, wait that, forever that, to get that two might steps. make me lean towards Martinez. Yeah. Uh, I might, I although might the Padres might reason. too, and deet 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 Mackenzie yeah. Gore is now joining the Padres. So, uh, he, you know, they you know, good reporting saw that he had, you know, that his nameplate was in the locker room. Uh, he's tentatively penciled in to start this weekend against the Braves. Uh, I think Friday is when he'd be pitching against them. So, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at that rotation, and I actually, you know, with Snell on the IL, Gore is the fifth uh, slots into his spot. So it's okay. I, would you, you know, where do you put Gore? You put Gore in that same grouping. Who would you, where would he slot? If you could start him this week 
I'd say we'll give me we'll yeah. even give you that proviso. So you knew I guess I'll put Gore first just on potential, although I worry that he's just up dealing because of the Blake Snell injury and maybe he's just up for one start. But right. I, I think I put Gore first. Um back to that group, I what I really thought about, and you mentioned this, is strikeouts from that first start. Like Dylan Bundy only got two, Matt Manning only got two. We've seen lots of starters just dance around contact for one start here and there. Right. Um, so I'm not until I see those guys strike some some bat, more batters out. I'm not really interested. My pause on Nick Martinez is I feel like the majors like haven't really seen him for a while, right? right? So I, I'm kind of five years. For sure. Right. So I'm kind of interested to see once he's made a few starts and there's some more video on him and like, then I want to see how he does against the league. I'm interested in picking him up because maybe he can sustain this, but that's my concern is that he, you know, he can fool some batters right now, but once there's more video on him, he won't be able to do that. So uh, Mackenzie Gore obviously was, was a pretty hot topic during spring training. So I would take him just on the upside. And then, and that's why I liked Lorenz in second, the six man rotation. Uh, well, first out of the group we first mentioned, but second, if we put Gore in, um, is he got six strikeouts last night, but the six man rotation is a problem, but it, you know, the way starting pitching is right now, even if he just starts once a week, if it's a good start and he can get six, he can get five, six strikeouts to start. Like I'll take him. Is this sort of the Bob Marley approach? You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Is that I it? I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Good. I think that's um, it. Yeah, I just wanted to squeeze it, you know, force that <laughs> reference in there. Uh, maybe they people should be asking Seiya Suzuki for scouting reports and Nick Martinez. Uh, and while they're at it, just watch some Seiya Suzuki because he homered twice today. Yeah, yeah. It'd help if the Cubs could get some guys on base for him. But whatever, it was good enough today. It gave him the two runs they needed. He looks legit. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely. I think... I think, yeah, I, I think he's going to turn out to be not like the steal of the draft or anything, but a good value pick. He was kind of going, I felt like, by the end of draft season, but round 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, or say, or, well, I, I get into that round 10 and 15 team league. Say somewhere around pick, you know, 140, 150, something like that. I think I think he's going to end up returning better value than that. Yeah, you might be right about that. I, I, I hope you're right uh, because uh, he's he's fun. Fun, uh, more talent in the league is absolutely a good yeah, thing as absolutely. far as that goes. All right, one last note, uh, and then we're going to do a general question when we come back. Baseball is back. That's right, an entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there, like Fred was on Sunday, to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Not saying that Fred did it this time, but I know he used Vivid Seats in the past. Totally. Every every backdoor slider, every round tripper, every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level. Vivid Seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Pro tip, buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. And while we're at it, we're going to give you a quick note from our friends at the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for your indulgence. We uh, host our, our uh, podcast on the Blue Wire platform. Uh, so we share their ads. Uh, general question. Are we using too many starting pitchers right now? I asked this question actually of Todd Zola today too in Paul's Forum. Good advice during draft season. I heard this was go get those Jonathan Loisega types. Stat, start them. Stash them in your active lineup because pitchers aren't going five innings right now. The Yankees got their first starter to go five innings in Jamison Tyon uh, in the loss to the Jays yesterday. You know, I think that's generally a good idea. Try to get, you know, it's a good way to maybe – steal a win or two but the problem is timing the market you know getting how many innings are you getting from him or chad green or one of those other type of pitchers uh is it just a week or two option or do you go the whole month doing that what are you doing fred with your rosters yeah i'm kind of wishing uh, i've definitely been burned by some low level starters already so it's had me kind of rethinking it and then i'm Mm -hmm. and then i'm thinking back on those like a Chris Flexen or someone like that. And I'm thinking back and I'm like, man, why was I even expecting this early in April after the shortened spring training? Like, why was I expecting five innings? Like it would have had to all go well to get the five innings from them. And, and then obviously the downside is significant for a starter at Chris Flexen's level. I mean, if you get burned by Brandon Woodruff, you get burned by Brandon Woodruff. If you started him, you have to start him. It didn't go well. You know, that's too bad, but definitely on some low end starters, I've been thinking twice because if they can't get you the five innings, then they can't get you the win. Then you're really, and if it's not a high level guy, like you're, they're probably going to hurt your ratios. Like, what are you, what are you hoping for here? Just four or five strikeouts yep. at that point. I think well, the I funny think, thing about Flexen is he's one of like six pitchers that exceeded 90 pitches. He, right. he actually threw 91 pitches. He only got four and a third through that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that, that was, that was the funny thing is he, you know, he actually did go deep pitch wise, just not yep. innings wise. Yeah. The, the tough call is the, and I, I think in the short term, if you're just, so if you were trying to win April, mm-hmm. the Loisigas, the Chad Greens, I think those guys are the best guys to have in your lineup. The only hard part about them is that they take a roster spot and you could be using that roster spot to try to find closers, to try to add someone like Kyle Wright, to try to add someone like Michael Lorenzen, right? Like, like I would probably rather this week have Loisega in my lineup than a lot of the starting pitchers that we talked about, even the ones who were successful. But yeah. if I don't go rooting around Lorenzen, Nick Mar- Martinez, pitchers like that, then I'm never, I'm never going to find one. 
like who actually turns out to be better than expected. So that's the hard part. So I think you kind of have to balance it a little bit in that regard, but I'm like, I have Paul Seawald in a couple leagues and like he, uh, he's staying in my lineup until I start seeing pitchers, starting pitchers go deep into games. He's staying in my lineup for sure. And I'll sure. for a win or a save um, later in the season. Hopefully I can build up my starting pitching to the point where Seawald's like in and out of my lineup and I don't right. use him every week, but right now I'm, I think he's an every week guy rather than using the next starting pitcher who, you know, who's on my bench. I think that's probably right. And the thing is, there are lots of guys, you know, that are, are good usable options. You just don't want to have too many of them. That's right. Uh, I, I think that, I think that's right. And by the way, your Seawall thing will probably work tomorrow because Steckenrider and Castillo both pitched today. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to keep a close game close, even though it was a losing effort in a losing effort, but Steckenrider pitched in the seventh and while, while they were losing now, granted uh, it was a one run game at the time. Matt Brash made that start, by the way. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, I, I thought there was a lot to like about him. Six K's and five and a third, a lot of sharp break on his pitches. I, you know, he gave up the homer to Luis Ro- Robert. It's Robert again in the sixth inning as he was starting to tire a little bit there, but all in all, I was pretty impressed. I totally agree. I actually watched that start from, from beginning to end. Um, Matt Brash when it grew up a couple hours from where I live. I oh. actually good friends with his cousin, which is really rare for to be able to say that as a Canadian baseball fan. So, nice. uh, so I was so I was especially interested in the start, and I watched it from the beginning to the end, and I thought he looked really good. And, and his defense didn't do him any favors at times. So, yeah, I, if 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 you picked him up last week, I would feel pretty good about that right now. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the same game, Jared Kelnick, zero for four, four Ks. I bring him up. We got a question in the chat about him from JP. Uh, start Joe Adele, who's losing playing time uh, and might lose more over the weekend once Taylor Ward comes back. Mike, uh, I, you know, I think Joe Madden was talking about Ward being in this lineup a lot or Kelnick, who is hitting one. He's hitting 067. Uh, 143 would have been generous to say what he was doing, but he's hitting 067 at four K's today. Not great. Not great at all. No, it's. Yeah, it, that, neither one of those guys look like great options right now. Although Adele had a better game last night, I think it, it does seem like like they've already said that when Taylor Ward comes back, like the Angels have said, when Taylor Ward comes back, he's going to play. So, which I was a little surprised about. I feel like that cuts into yeah. Adele's playing time either as well. I think what are the, right why now, do the Angels hate Adele so much? It seems like they're <sighs> always putting impediments in front of them. It's true. And last, like when you break down his his season last year, like he wasn't bad. Right. No. Like he's only 21. Like, like he, and he turned 21 in August, like, like for like later on in last season, he has 703 OPS last year, which isn't like good, but for a guy who turned 21 in August, it's actually not bad. Like it's holding your own in the majors at 703 yeah. OPS, holding your own at, at a really young age. Uh, he's still someone who probably has a really bright future. Last night was hopefully a step in the right direction out of the two of them. Maybe right now I'll take Adele because with clinic, like we just haven't seen anything, like we haven't seen anything. No, to no. to get us excited. I guess clinic. I, I would say clinic has his playing his playing times a little more secure, but it, it might actually not be. Like they've built up some depth. Right. He sat out not- one game already. He sat out yesterday. Uh, right. Julio Rodriguez got the day off today, by the way. Uh, and I know they're trying to play everybody a little bit there, but still, yeah, I, I think there's some concern. Right. I, th- I think so too. Like with them, like they still have Hanniger and Je- and with them picking up Jesse Winker. Now Julio Rodriguez is another guy who hasn't hit at all 
this season. I think either Rodriguez or Kelnick, like if they're not hitting well soon, both one or both could end up in the minors. Yeah, that's it's true. That that's that's yeah, troublesome. So, definitely troublesome there. Uh, we definitely we'll haven't see. with some of these prospects. They haven't. Now I know Kelnick was up last year. Rodriguez this year. Spencer Torkelson I think got his first what first RBI I think this afternoon. Um, yep. Some of these guys hit. we were super excited about. They definitely haven't exploded out of the gate. That's okay. Like a lot of them will come around, but they definitely haven't. Most of them haven't really exploded out of the gate. No, they haven't. But uh, yeah. you know, give it time. I mean, Seattle Absolutely. hasn't even had a home game yet, uh, so they're not going to be. I don't think they're going to make that much of a knee jerk reaction there. No. But when Kyle Lewis is ready, yeah. that's when they'll have a decision to make. I, yes. I think that, that that's when you start to see that there. But you're right. Julio Rodriguez hasn't done much either. Uh, and, and just striking out four times against Vince Velasquez, it's just a bad look for uh, Kelnick there. But yeah, anyway. and, and we saw with Kelnick last year, like they, when they finally brought him up, he struggled so much that they had to send him back down. Like there is a point where you've got a prospect who's just playing so poorly that you decide as an organization, it's just not good to mm-hmm. have him stay in the majors hitting 100 or something. So you put him back in AAA and, and let him work on things there. I think the, the same thing, it's again, it's too early for us to say that's going to happen. But if Julio Rodriguez is hitting 130 in two weeks, they may decide that a few weeks in AAA wouldn't be the worst thing for him. JP follows up as Jesus Sanchez, a better option. Emphatic. Yes. Yep. For me. I, I like him a lot. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, definitely over Adele. I'd say over Kelnick too. Uh, yep. I like Kelnick long run. I still do. I, sure. I, I, I still want to believe, but yeah, for a guy that's going to produce this year, I prefer Sanchez. Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Two homers last night. I like Sanchez. He'd been pretty quiet until last night, but, but not overmatched or anything. I think we saw last year what he can do. He's yep. someone who, who should hit 25 homers this year might hit 30. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about his future yep. quite a bit. All right. We've gone about an hour. Is there anybody else you really want to talk about this time? Um, Shane Bieber today. He's kind of important. Shane Bieber today was, I I haven't seen the full velocity readings on his start today. He was okay. You, you, I figure you were a good guy to talk to since you would have been very interested in that game. He was okay. Like he came out limiting runs, but not really getting a ton of strikeouts. Right. Um, And then later kind of got scored on. He didn't give up a ton of base runners. I'm still not, I don't still, I'm still not, I'm still not feeling great about him, but I didn't feel great about him in draft season. So maybe it's just confirmation bias for me that I, I have the same fear in terms of like my ability to analyze is that yeah. I don't have him in any single league. I was actually trying to root against him today and he took, he took a perfect game into the fourth inning. He took a no hitter into the six, I think. And then it all fell apart, uh, falling apart. He gave up two hits, uh, but, and then his inherited runner also scored. So that, you know, off yeah. the uh, home run, they brought in Anthony ghosts, uh, as a pitcher now uh that's that's what he is uh and that's where we the reds did get the home run but uh, i i don't yeah i don't think he's completely out of the woods yet um did get five k's so but he's not the same dominant pitcher yet he's had two good starts result wise era wise so far but it's not the same guy yet we'll see what happens uh what uh when uh when, when he gets the weather warms up, I think a little bit is something to watch for. Sometimes these pitchers have lower velocity rate uh, readings in April. And I think that might be the case for him, especially when you're dealing with a short ramp up period, especially a guy coming off shoulders, a uh, shoulder issue. I mean, these are all things you, you watch for a little bit. I think there's a minor concern for me, not a major red flag yet. For sure. I didn't, and I didn't have him buried in my draft rankings, but I had him behind like the Aaron Nola 
Lucas Giolito tier. And then that was enough to just ensure that I never got him. Yeah. So that's, that's all fair. you have to have. If, if you have a guy behind, you know, the next group that goes a tier later than him, you're never mm-hmm. going to end up, you're pretty much never going to end up getting him. It doesn't mean I didn't have him as my SP 25, but I, I was tentative enough that I didn't rank him where, where his ADP was. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough there. I'm eager to watch Alex Cobb versus you Darvish tonight. Cobb making his debut. Darvish looked really good so far. Padres haven't had a, you know, Padres haven't had a game outside of Arizona yet. They went straight from spring training to Phoenix. Uh, had four games there, so now they finally get a uh, game in. In oh, I guess they had one yesterday, uh, but yeah, now yeah, we're talking about Nick Martinez. Yeah, they haven't had a day off yet. Yeah, but they're in San Francisco yeah. now. But Darvish with the second turn in the rotation, we'll see how deep into the game he can go. I'm excited to see that, and I'm curious to see what happens in the Giants bullpen. See uh, who gets their next save because we don't, right now we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested to see Cobb too because. I, th- I think Cobb is going to do really well this season. I'm not sold he's going to make 30 starts or even 28 starts or 27 right. starts, but I think on a per start basis, I think he could do really well for the Giants this year. Yeah, he could. Dominic Leone has the one save for the Giants yeah. this year, uh, and that was in Sunday's game. Uh, so, and that was, but it, it was a clean outing. He was. It was not the first, second, or third guy I would have chosen from that Giants bullpen <laughs> there. Uh, I wouldn't go after Camilo Doval right now. I'm just, I know he got, he blew, got and blew the first save chance. Um, he was wild in the minors, very wild in the minors. So I'm kind of yeah. avoiding him. Even if I, I, I did bench McGee this week though, in leagues where I had him. So we'll see. I don't have a whole lot of faith in anybody right now. No. And McGee's not, yeah, he's not a real high strikeout volume type guy. So if, if you don't think you're going to get the saves right now, which mm-hmm. you might, he could get a save tonight. He could get a save this week, but makes him harder to keep in your lineup than someone who's, you know, who's someone who you more project as like a 90, 95 strikeout guy. That's not, that's not McGee at all. So we, we kind of need to see him emerge in that bullpen in the next two or three weeks here. Otherwise I think that some people have to think about dropping him. Like if we're in two or three weeks and he has like one save, then he doesn't We're back on that enough. crazy train again. Yeah, um, that wasn't fun in 2020 with the Giants or no. any time with Gabe Kapler's career as a manager in Philly, for that matter, either. All right, that's what we're going to have to cut it off for today. Pre- appreciate everybody chiming in. Uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening. Uh, we do appreciate. Please rate, review, and of course subscribe. We appreciate all these things. It'll be uh, James Anderson tomorrow with the Prospect Pod. I'll be back on Thursday with a guest to be named later, and then Friday it's Clay and Todd. So uh, everybody, thank you guys for listening back at you again next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.